Hello, wonderful people, and welcome back to another episode of Evolving Indians. I'm Artie. I'm Nisha. Hey guys, in today's episode, we decided to talk about our Myers-Briggs personality tests. We've both done them recently, and we wanted to share our results. Mm -hmm. But first, we're going to see how each other is, as we haven't actually spoken to each other in two weeks. So, how has your last two weeks been, Nisha? Have you done anything fun or exciting? Uh, It's been okay. I've had an exam, and then I had a really, really busy week at work, so it's been pretty boring. Um... But today, I did spend almost the entire day reading outside in the sun, because it's like 24 degrees outside. So that's a plus. Um, but it's been really nice to have some time off work, even though I was revising. And this is so nerdy, but I rejoined my local library, which I haven't been to since I was a kid. Um, so I'm really excited, actually, because I spend, at the moment, I must spend hundreds of pounds on books. I buy so many. So... I'm now excited to to be part of the library again, which is so nerdy. Mm-hmm. How was your two weeks? Um, I think that's really cool that you joined the library again. You're definitely going to save like so much more money being able to just borrow books and like still read as like new books each week. And reading outside in the sun, wow, sounds like our, our both ideal days. Literally. I can't wait. We can actually do that together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my two weeks have been so busy and so amazing and so fun so in the two weeks ago I went to Friends Fest um, at Clapham Common in London with my other boy auntie Shubna Um, we so friends we're absolute huge fans of friends so when we got there we were like fangirling the entire time it's really cool I 100% think it's worth the money not sponsored or anything but if you can go, and if you're a huge friend, like fan of Friends, I definitely recommend going because you get to take like photos at like all the key spots. I think my favorite place that we visited was Monica's apartment, and like being able to take a picture in there on the sofa. I was like, oh my god, like life complete, like all all my goals checked off. And then also pivoting with the sofa. Our friends fans will understand that reference. That was quite cool. And they actually have um, a cafe um, where you can get like drinks from like called Central Park. And it's so cool because like the cups say Central Park on them as well. And it feels like you're actually on the set of friends. If only the cast was there. Mm, That's what me and my aunt said. We said um, we were like, imagine if they like showed up and like surprised us. Like it would have been so fun. Um, and we even got to like film the routine that Monica and Ross do. We like you get to film like a little snippet of that, and that was so fun to do. Like everyone in the line as you were queuing for that was practicing the routine. So definitely recommend that. And I think I'm I'm probably gonna end up going again with like friends or like someone else at some point because I enjoyed it so much. And um, I definitely think you can like keep enjoying it even if you do go back and it's the same stuff. And then the following week, I went to Newcastle with my friendship group from school. So the original plan was to go to Norfolk, but because we were staying in a house with 11 of us, it wasn't COVID safe or legal for us to do that. So instead, we changed our plans and we went to Newcastle for four days. But we had the absolute best time, like 
completely enjoyed ourselves so much. Um, and I think looking back at it, I don't really, I think it doesn't matter who you go, like, I don't, it doesn't matter where you go. I think it's all to, depends on like who you're with because we were staying in Travelodge. So obviously not the most classy hotel out there, but we had the absolute best time because you were with the right people. Um, so whilst we were there, we went to Go Ape on the Sunday and me and one of my friends, Valentina, shout out to Valentina, she has a huge fear of heights. So we like conquered some of our biggest fears with our friends. We spent Saturday um, at the beach. Uh, we spent it at South Shields, which one of our listeners actually messaged me and she was like, hope you enjoyed my favourite beach. <laughs> and um, South Shields is such a lovely beach. There was like golden sand and it felt so nice underneath your feet. Oh, I can't, words can't describe how much I love South Shields. Um, that was actually my favourite day because it was like, we didn't do much, but we just relaxed and enjoyed ourselves at the beach for the day. Um, and we also watched the Euros that Sunday night. We went to mini golf first um, and that was like at this really cool neon golf place. Um, which was fun. And then we came back to our hotel and we watched the Euros. Obviously not the result that I think people were expecting, but regardless, it was still a great game to watch with friends. I think I love watching sports with friends because it's so funny seeing people's reactions and how into it they get. Um, did you actually watch the Euros, Nisha? I did. I watched it with um, my dad, who is a, a huge I mean, he's not a huge football fan, but he's definitely patriotic. He loves, like, he, he was fully supporting England, and I was kind of impartial. I didn't really care too much about whether England won, but it was a good match to watch. It was, um, it was a good good match to watch. Actually, I watched the semi-finals here as well with my friends, and one of my friends was here who doesn't generally watch football, but has recently kind of gotten into it with, this, with the Euros, and I think the last World Cup as well. And yeah, she kept asking questions <laughs> and she was like one of those friends who um, like she would ask a question and then there's like not enough time in football to explain what happened because I'd explain to her and then it would start again and then there was another another foul. <laughs> so it was fun to watch with, with her though because I like watching people who don't generally watch football. Yeah, I definitely okay. agree. Watching football with people who love football or like aren't huge fans of it and seeing their reactions it's like oh my god this is so funny I'm definitely not that invested but I watched it enough in I think just after uni um that I that I kind of know what's going on but it was really funny because she was she was kind of saying like oh like what happened what happened and I was trying to explain to her but it was really hard to explain because it just wasn't time and then I was missing what was going on mm -hmm. um but I was watching it with with non-football fans yeah, and actually one thing I wanted to speak to you about with the football was, um, so what do you think about um, the reaction that um, fans and like uh, some of the players have been experiencing from fans at the moment? Yeah, it's absolutely horrendous to see. Like I was, that phrase, disappointed but not surprised because I kind of thought when we lost that that was going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. I was expecting it, which is really sad because if we'd won, we th those same players would have been celebrated. It's just, it was a weird um, 
I don't know, it was weird to see it because I genuinely was not shocked. But yeah. at the mm-hmm. same time, I was so, so disappointed. Um, especially after everything that happened last year with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, you'd think there'd be a bit of a change, but obviously not. Um, and yeah, but the, the cool thing was seeing that Rashford um, moral, which got, um, which got kind of destroyed and then people left loads of notes of support. That was yeah. actually kind of cool to see um, the way that everyone in, in the local area came through. Um, definitely. I think seeing those people and like um, I, I saw something on social media that this lady had like she stood there all day with post-it notes shaped into hearts and like markers so people could write nice things for the mural. And I was kind of like it restores your faith in humanity that people are like willing to stand there for the entire day and do things like that I was like all right there is hope for us if we can come together and like stand in solidarity against this kind of hate then maybe maybe we stand a chance of sort of getting rid of it but it was it was so horrible to see what they were going through especially considering like even even so this shouldn't be any kind of excuse but like one of the players I think he's only 18 years old and that was yeah, exactly. He, Saka, he's like, he's only 18 years like old. 19, 20, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, I couldn't ever imagine, like, having to go through that. He's the same age or, like, a similar age as me. And I'm like, no one should ever have to go through that kind of abuse, let alone, like, so young as well. So it was de- very disappointing to see people reacting in that kind of way. You thought you would have expected better, and had they have won... I definitely think like people would have been like, oh, yay, like look at these guys. It would have been sort of, they would have been so happy and like they would have been celebrated so much. But then I think because like the last three players that took the penalty shootout were black, um, the amount of abuse that they received was not okay. From people who like when you looked at the few, the the negative comments that I saw online, when you looked at the picture, it was always people who you can visibly tell would not have been able to play football. Mm-hmm. Like, just old people who were just not... You can tell that they don't play football, and you can tell that they just sit screaming at the yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. They just sit scrolling on Instagram, just watching football. And the worst thing is as well, like, like you can't do better like you say like these people that they're not football players like I'd like to see you come and try and like do better than what these players did they tried their best and that's all that we can ask for and I do think 100% I stand with the people who say that we I don't think we've ever had a better England team there were so many just good good hearted like pure people on this team that they they weren't just in it for football or for money. Like they were there because they were supporting good causes and things with the money that they were making as well. The thing that gets me is if you like football, that was a good match to watch. Yeah, and I just I don't see how you can even even like I like obviously I support the India cricket team, and even when they lose, you feel a bit upset for them or upset that we lost but I've never ever reacted the way that football fans do and they just they are on a whole different level if you like the sport you got to watch it and you got to watch it in the final and that's impressive just move on after that um mm-hmm. but yeah it's really agitating to see 
I don't know, it's such a big part of British culture as well. Um, I just think it's mad the way that people reacted to a game. Yeah, and that that other I saw I think it was a video, some somebody posted it on social media, but it was it was British fans had just lost a football match and they were attacking each other and I just <laughs> didn't understand it. I was like, why are you taking your anger out on each other? Like Surely this is where you like you support each other, you console each other, and like have a shoulder to cry on. But no, they were literally beating the living daylights out of each other. And I was like, if if this is how you react to football, actually no, I saw a quote somewhere, and it was, I think it was therapy is cheaper than a season ticket at, so most, at most football clubs. <laughs> and it was like, if this is how you were reacting to losing a football match, then you clearly need to reevaluate where where you are in life and possibly yeah get therapy get help they definitely need therapy especially the the fans that beat up the the other fans or it's like you lose a football match or you're not even you your team loses a football match and your first thought is to send hate to those players when you clearly are not a professional footballer mm. then you definitely need therapy you need yeah. someone to talk to a hundred percent um and I said this, I think I said this in like one of our previous episodes um, about how I was like, people need to be like grateful and they, sh- they should acknowledge that like getting to the semifinals is a big deal for England. Like we don't usually get here. So even the fact that we were, we were second technically in this entire match, like the fact that we were second, acknowledge that and realise that it's an incredible thing. And it doesn't happen often. And just be grateful that we did make it and be proud that we made it. Yeah, I just, I don't think, I think the England team kind of deserved to win. Um, but the England fans did not. Yeah. Like, I, the I the funny thing that. is, is I saw someone tweet that if England had won, the reaction probably wouldn't have been that much different. Like, maybe they wouldn't have been racist, but they still would have been aggressive and violent because they'd have been excited that they won and if that's your reaction to a football match then yeah just to go back to the same point you need therapy Mm -hmm. or some hobbies yeah both both work um it was the the thing that I did like is that when the I think when when it happened I saw a lot more positivity online than I did Negativity. negativity. Yeah. And my favourite thing is seeing people post racist comments online and then watch them get fired. That's one of my favourite things ever. I don't know how people on the internet manage to find someone's career so quickly where they work, but I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I definitely, I have like a degree in Instagram stalking. Like, I, to be honest, would probably be able to find a few people if I tried. Um, and I love the fact that, like, I don't know if you've seen the thread where it's like, if you see hate or racist abuse being posted on any of these footballers' posts, the first thing you do is you go to that person's account and you try and find their place of work and then alert their place of work. Then you report the comment to Instagram. Um, and it's like, yeah, like, if you if you feel like it's okay to go around spreading this kind of hate, abuse commenting like racist comments on people's posts like you don't deserve your job I know what I think someone's um university actually um withdrew their um offer 
because, because they were commenting racist abuse on some of these players' posts. And I was like, yeah, I was like, no uni is going to want you if this is the kind of person that you are. We love to see it because we don't want these people in higher paid positions where they have the chance to reject applications or interview applicants because of someone's skin colour. Mm-hmm. Like, that just shouldn't be the case at all. Um, I saw someone on Facebook um, post, so someone from school post something about, it's sad because all these people who are racist come from families where um, their parents are racist, and so it's ingrained in them. And I was reading it, and I was thinking that's so not true. Like, you can unlearn racism, it's not it's not something that, it's not part of your identity. It's not a personality trait to be racist. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like, it got me thinking. And I, I ended up thinking about something that I've not thought about for a long time. But after a night out at uni, I, was, I had walked home. And then where our flat was, there was a little um, like social area. So they had ping pong tables. And then they had like sofas you could sit on. Um, and I think they had a little a little cinema room. Can't remember. But anyway, one of my friends was sat there. Um, definitely not sober, so I don't know if he remembers this conversation. But he basically was. We we ended up talking, and I think it was around. It was definitely cold. So I'd say around December, January time. So we'd known each other a few months, and we weren't that close. But I spoke whenever I saw him, and he was saying that from the way that he grew up, he never had any Indian Hindu friends, and his parents had always kind of dissed Indians and Hindus and they were um Muslim Indians so his parents had come from India they were Muslim mm-hmm. and he had just said you are the exact opposite of what I thought you would be so he said the first time he met me he didn't think he'd like me and then I guess we got along because uh, I used to play FIFA and Call of Duty a lot and so <laughs> sometimes I would play online with them um and yeah he basically said he didn't think he'd like me and he said the only reason he spoke to me is because we had a mutual, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's still someone that I speak to now every so often. Like, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we definitely keep in touch with each other every so often. And yeah, like that, that's how easy it is to unlearn the stuff that your parents have told you. So if your parents have told you stuff about a certain ethnic group, it's not hard to unlearn that. You just need to think of the other person as a human. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and not as their race or identity I just think it's a stupid excuse for someone yeah definitely and like if people are able to unlearn like things like abuse and like they're able to break the cycle like you can literally unlearn racism so like, easily as well you just need to get to know someone of that ethnicity as a person yeah like take them as like a complete stranger do not look at like do not see and I'm I hate that I say that like don't see the color of the skin because when I'm like people say like oh I don't see color but it's like no we are different like we do need to acknowledge that we are different Mm. but obviously take them at face value and just be like I'm gonna get to know this person and see what they are like don't stereotype them don't think that everyone is the same like every Indian is not the same I can 100% guarantee that for you and like yeah. e- even to, on today's episode, like we're with these um these personality traits, me and Nisha are literally exact opposites of each other. Yeah. And like if you like both looked at us and then both thought we were both going to be like the same, like we are not. We're definitely different. 
Yeah, I just think it's a stupid excuse. And if you use it as an excuse, things would never change. Um, because then you're just saying, okay, so those families that come with racist parents, they're going to be racist in front of their kids and it will never end. Like You have to unlearn it at some point. You have to kind of break that cycle and mm-hmm. say, hey, look, like maybe what my parents taught me isn't right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it was a stupid excuse and it really, really bothered me because... Uh, yeah it was just it was just not not a helpful thing to say um but that person got dragged on in the comments so yeah by the time I saw it I think it was like a day later or two days later and I was looking at the comments and I was like just liking the the comments I was like oh the work has already been done here great Mm -hmm. um and then also the people that um that will use excuse they'll be like oh but I can say that because like my best friend's like Indian or like my best friend's like black I'm like no that does not give you the right to like say a certain word or like to to like stereotype other people like just because your best friend likes samosas does not mean every other Indian person is also gonna like samosas we're all different from each other so don't think that you can they're like, oh, I wouldn't be racist because my best friend's Indian. No, if you've just said something racist, that has just come out your mouth. Um, don't try and use that, like having friends of colour as an excuse. Yeah, I think it's so funny people say that. I've I've seen it online a few times. I've only ever heard it in person once. And I literally laughed because I was like, that does not mean you're not racist. And the girl who said it um, was, well, I'm not going to say too much, but she she was saying it in the context of oh it's not racist for me to do an Indian accent because I'm friends with Nisha and she's brown and I was looking at her as saying you don't know anything about about my culture or my background you've never asked me questions and to be honest we're not that close Mm. and I was thinking she you definitely are racist um but it's hard to that was in school though so I don't think I said anything to her I think I laughed and I was just like that's ridiculous yeah and I feel like um, it's definitely, like, really hard to call people out on on it, like, when they make a racist comment or remark. But I do feel like that's the only way we're going to make progress. Like, we've got to have those difficult decisions, call people out. Like, if someone has made, like, a, a comment and they didn't mean it to cause any offence or anything, just literally call them out and be like, I don't know if you realise that, but, like, that what you just said was offensive. And start correcting people because that's the only way we are going to make any progress by speaking about it, by having those hard, like difficult conversations and like making change gradually within people. Yeah. When I think about back to school or even university, um, there was a girl in uni who genuinely confessed that she had never had any friends of colour at all in her entire life at the age of like 18 19 and she would make racist comments on a regular basis and it used to bother me but I never used to say anything um which was partly because she was just not good at taking criticism (laughs) and Mm -hmm. partly because I just didn't like her in the end but yeah I think now especially after last year seeing like the Black Lives Matter movement I think I've been more prone to speaking up now I think but I think I was quite soft in uni and school I think I would I think I would challenge it now Mm. And, like, looking back at it as well now, like, even even I'm the same. Like, I 
consider myself like a very vocal person and when we finally do get onto these personalities you will realize like if I if I'm thinking something I will speak my mind however like one of the girls on NCS like she said she even said to me like we went round to her house and she was like oh um like my parents are like low-key racist but like they really liked you like they thought you were so well behaved and like back then I just laughed it off and I was like oh wow they they thought I was a really nice girl but looking back at it I'm like wow like they just think all of us are gonna be the same like they think we're gonna make a mess of their house or like come and like be an absolute thug they didn't realize like I could actually I was I was a behaved Indian girl and they didn't expect that of me. And I was like, I was think, thinking about it now, I'm like, charming, how how low their expectations are of us. Just because of the colour of your skin, it baffles me. It actually baffles me. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think, I, I just think, I think our generation's a lot better at challenging it. And I think we're a lot better at not, not following what we think is a stereotype for someone. But I think there's still a long, long way to go. Yeah, we, we need to do better. And like it says within our slogan, be the change that you want to see. Um, so if you see any like anything that you don't think is right, call people out on it. Like have have discussions regarding it. If you can, like try not to do it in a confrontational way because um, it's always a lot easier to just have a discussion with someone about it. Um, it does get heated so quickly though. <laughs> the, the one time that I have is last year um, when the Black Lives Matter movement was going on and there's one customer that would come into the shop and would just make racist comments or like he was always posting racist things on his Facebook. And I had words with him and he didn't stop. And then my, my sister had words with him and he stopped for a little bit. And my dad did as well. And I think some people are so ignorant that they won't ever stop doing that. And he kind of used that excuse as like, oh, well, like I'm not racist to you guys. And I said to him, like, if you saw me in the street and we didn't own this shop, would you be nice to me? And he said, oh, that's not really the point, though, is it? Because I know you. But it is the point. Yeah. And I got so agitated with him because I had tried to explain it in so many different ways and he was not listening. And I think some people are ignorant. Mm -hmm. yeah like some people aren't gonna want to change and like don't waste I suppose time breath like effort on them if like you have already tried before um I guess like society will I don't know find a way to metaphorically punch them in the face (laughs) yeah 100% I think kind of do as much as you can in your without affecting your mental health yeah within your limits definitely yeah Mm mm-hmm um anyway um do we get on to these personality traits uh yeah do you want to go first Shall I go first um do you want to go first okay so I'll go first um I came across this test last year in lockdown and I think and then I did it again afterwards so I did it more recently to see if I got the same result um, and I was just curious because a lot of people, I saw someone tweet that it wasn't accurate, but I thought mine was really accurate. So I wanted to do it again. Um, and I think it was it was like someone had written specifically paragraphs about me. Um, so some of the some of the highlights in it is that um, so I'm an INFP, um, which means I'm very, very feelings based. I'm so sensitive, which is so true. Um, so one of the things is that I happily lose myself in daydreams and that I 
invent conversations and stories in my mind, which I do all the time, <laughs> just constantly, 24-7. Um, the other thing is that I'm really empathetic, and this is something that is so accurate for me. Um, there have been so many times where I have seen something on the news and cried about it, and my mum and dad have said, it's not you. <laughs> like, you need to calm down, like, you can't change everything in the world. Um, but I, I do feel things very strongly that happen to other people. Um, and then the other main thing was that, um, yeah, that if you're an INFP, you tend to feel stuck unless you're doing something in your life that is that you think is making a change, that you think is helping people. Um, and so that's really accurate for me at the moment because I want to be doing something, something for work that's actually making a change, which I'm not doing right now. Um, and I think it's really hard to motivate myself to get up and do work when it's not, it's not, um, I don't know what the word is. If it's not helping my values, if it's not based around my values. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, reading it was so funny to read because I was reading it. And I remember I was speaking out loud and I was saying, this is so me, this is so me, this is so me. This is me down to a T. Um, and then I made all my friends do it too. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I, we just looked at the little bits before we started this podcast. Um, and there, it says who you're similar to. So I got Shakespeare, which makes me feel like I should maybe read some of his stuff. And Alicia Keys and Tom Hiddleston, which I was actually quite surprised at. But, um, but yeah, mine is a really small population of the world at INFPs. Um, there's not many of us. Or maybe there is, but we don't do the quizzes. <laughs> Oh, and don't forget Frodo Baggins. Oh yeah, and Frodo. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. how. I still don't know how they managed to find out the personality traits of a fictional character. Mm-hmm. But shout out to all my Lord of the Rings fans out there because I did just finish the third Lord of the Rings this week, <laughs> and oh, they were so good. Like I didn't expect to like them as much as I did. Um, slight spoiler, but also this is a warning for anyone who hates spiders that there is a massive spider in the third one. So skip past it if you don't want to watch it, because I will have nightmares. Um, but yeah, Frodo Baggins from Lord of the Rings was a great character, so I had to make sure that Nisha mentioned that she was similar <laughs> to him as well. I can't wait to watch those films now that I know you like them. Mm-hmm. I've been procrastinating watching them for so long. I will watch them now. I definitely think you are going to like them. Okay, so I was a ENFJ. Um, so, um, I was thoughtful and idealistic. I strive to have a positive impact on other people. Um, I don't shy away from opportunities and I'm a born leader. And that one, I was like, when that one came up, I was like, that's a hundred percent me because anytime we had anything to do with like someone needed to step up and be a leader in like primary school, secondary school, cadets, I'd always be like, all right, well, no one wants to do it. Like. I just got to step up. You've either got to step up and like do it, otherwise it's not going to get done right. Like I'd rather be someone who's like the leader, delegates all the roles, and is like get the job done, than someone who just like shies away from it and is like, no, I don't want to do that. Like not now. That's actually um, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also says that I speak up about what's right, which is where I come back to my point where like any anything that I think that doesn't sit right with me like I will speak up about and I'll be like hang on a minute like I will call people out on it um so obviously like 
I will do that, but do it up to like the certain extent where like if if it's not safe or like if it's gonna like harm my mental health, then I'm not gonna do that. But I do feel like I speak up about what I believe is right. And I want to help and kind of like lead others in like the right kind of direction. Um, which definitely I was like, yeah, that's a hundred percent me. Do you know what I found quite odd though? With when you said with your INFP, were you? Mm-hmm. You said that you like think up like um, book scenes and like things in your head, and I was like, I definitely catch myself doing that. So I guess I must have like bits of like that sort of personality as well. Yeah. So the um, for people that haven't done this test yet, the letters stand for different things. Um, so it's whether you're introverted or extroverted and then I'm just going to go off mine but then the next letter is that I'm intuitive and then I base my decisions and actions off feelings and then there's another letter at the end um but all the letters stand for something so you have E and F J right yeah Mm -hmm. so we have the same we have the the F part the feeling part Mm mm-hmm and I suppose the E must be my extrovert and your I must be introvert. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the same, the um, the intuitive as well, which is, I think, where the creative and the imaginative side comes from. Oh, okay. So that's where we must get our similarities from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think um, some of the famous people that were like similar to me were Malala Yousafzai, Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey. And, like, when I heard about these people, I was like, whoa, like, that's kind of cool to think these people are, like, such great leaders that have done such great stuff. And I share these kind of similarities with them. Um, And then when I went into my strengths and weaknesses, it said that um, one of my biggest strengths was, like, how passionate I am about things. Like, if I start something, I'll want to, like, get it done and, like, I'll have the passion to sort of, like, get it done because I'm so like interested in it and like I will focus all my energy and time on that kind of thing um but I think it'd definitely be interesting to see like we should in the show notes for this episode and also on the Instagram we will link the personality test that we did and if you guys like have time like it literally only took me I think it was like five ten minutes like go and do this personality test it'd be like so cool to see which personality you guys all are and we were looking about uh, compatibility and like me and Nisha are like really compatible which is probably why the both of us get on so well yeah from the get-go mm-hmm like our personalities just work so well so Mm -hmm. I wonder how if I wonder how much of an impact having older siblings or younger siblings or no siblings impacts your personality because I think it would impact a lot Mm -hmm. like I wonder if I guess like parts of your personality have sort of been formed from your siblings. Oh, 100%. I used to copy them so much when I was younger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I 100% think that would. And obviously not having any siblings myself, I wonder if like, I suppose I develop like character traits from like parents or just from like other people in like the world then. I always think you can tell when someone doesn't have siblings, but I think it's harder to tell with, I, with you I think mm-hmm. there's something about siblings I think it's the, re- it's the relentless bullying <laughs> that oh. I think you can just tell that whether someone's been through it or not the character building <laughs> yeah 
I have definitely not been through that. But to be honest, I think when I've come to Bolton, I think Keith has bullied you and me enough. <laughs> yeah, for the both of us. Um, when you looked at your weaknesses, what was the one that um, triggered you the most? Um, the overly empathetic really annoyed me because... <laughs> I don't know why that is seen that is seen as a weakness. Like, I definitely like it says that um, anyone who's like this personality tends to take on other people's problems, and I feel like I, I definitely get this one from my mum. Like, we take on other people's problems and we like we try and like shoulder that burden for them. But it does say that it could um, tend to leave people like emotionally and physically exhausted. But I haven't reached that point yet at all, and I'm like. I definitely don't think being empathetic is seen as like such a weakness like crying is seen as so girly and like stuff like that and I'm like it shouldn't be like I feel like people who cry and are like more open with their emotions like are so in touch with how they're feeling like they know how they're feeling truly um and I I definitely don't think like being empathetic is a bad thing I feel like like if you can help I can't take someone's problem away from them. My mum says this one. We can't take someone's problem away from them. But if we can just, like, lessen that burden that they are having to experience, like, we will happily do that. Like, I can't fight your battles for you, but I will stand by your side as you try and fight them. Definitely. Yeah. I got told off all the time when I was younger by teachers, by um, just other adults um, constantly that I was too soft and that, I cared too much about other people and it's just it's it's just not a bad thing and I'm I really hate that I was told my entire child and teenage life that it was a bad trait to have because I think it's a great trait to have mm. like I was reading um this book the other day and in it he kind of he turns to drugs at some point like he's going through so much that he turns to drugs and I think if I wasn't an empathetic person I would have been like hey, what an idiot but I was kind of reading it and I was I was thinking like I can see why he made that choice yeah obviously was not the right choice to make but I can see why he made it and I think we need more people like that that are not going to judge based off black and white you need to kind of understand what someone's going through I don't think it's a bad thing either Mm -hmm. you need to like understand what they're going through before you like make any decision on like oh why did they do that like there's so much more than just oh this guy turned to drugs like why did he like what led him there like it's not just someone's like overnight they're gonna be like oh I'm gonna try heroin tomorrow right (laughs) there there could be a million things that led up to that moment um I definitely think we shouldn't take people at just face value like we should understand why they have done something like that what did what really like did you not like in your weaknesses literally anything one of mine is that I'm not good at criticism so everything um but I think one of the things that rings true the most which I hated reading because I know that it's true but it's that I'm unfocused that I find it really hard to get things done which is so so me Mm -hmm. I really struggle I'm so much in my head that I find it hard to be productive in anything um and I've just got a million and one things going on but I don't do any of them um but that one was hard to read because I kind of have always had an excuse for it and maybe it's just part of my personality. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I definitely think 
um the one with not taking criticism i think you can take criticism 100 percent. like i just think when when people are like oh you can't take criticism if if someone's just gonna like throw like bad things at me like you you did this wrong this wrong this wrong this wrong of course i'm not gonna take it well <laughs> no um, one is <laughs> yeah but like if you if you give people constructive criticism that is actually useful and helpful that they can learn from and benefit from then i definitely think like you can do that like when given constructive criticism you can like learn from it and better yourself I definitely do not react well to criticism, but once I've had a few days to mull it over, I'll be thinking, yeah, okay, they were right. <laughs> they were definitely, definitely right. Okay, well, that is one I have an experience with you, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then one of them that I, now just looking at them as well is that um, it says that I am unrealistic and I am sort of like, I hate that that one is correct. Because um, I used to set myself, like, such high targets. And, um, like, looking at it now, like, I went to I, w- I went to see a counsellor, I think, last year. Because I feel like my goals in life were just far too unrealistic. And I think it's important to set yourself, like, small, manageable tasks. Because once you reach them, you honestly feel, like, so good. It's like, oh, I achieved my goal for the day. Um, so just, like, not aiming for up here if obviously you can't reach that um and just setting yourself manageable tasks because I'd always be like oh I want to cure cancer overnight (laughs) obviously that's that's not gonna happen um and I was always like so set on being a doctor like going to medical school like going to some of the top unis and I think this past year and like during covid and lockdown has taught me like there's more to life than that and like you need to be realistic with yourself. That's not going to happen, let's be honest. But that's okay. There are other options out there. There are other things that will still make you happy in life. Yeah, you were really young when you said that you wanted to be a cardiologist. And I think that I just, like, I was not well educated. I just, I don't think I ever focused in school. And I don't think I even knew what that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're so much younger than me. And I, I think I had to, like, look up or ask someone what it was. Um but yeah, I think there was there are so many different fields within healthcare that you can go into. And I think this is a big thing for me. This personality test was a big eye opener because I've been in finance for so long. And I think I'm starting to realise I want to do something else, which is a big, big thing. But th- yeah, it really helped because I, I kind of saw a different... Someone was writing about me, but writing all the things that I thought were negative about myself in a positive light, which is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does it say on your careers? On my careers. Okay, okay. Let us have a look. Oh. Do you want to do yours first? Um, yeah, so I got counselling, psychology, teaching, healthcare work, social work, uh, rehabilitation for caring and supportive personalities. Um, and it says there's few things that are more meaningful for the INFP than, si- than seeing their work help change someone's life for the better, which is accurate. Except I didn't do well enough in science to go into it. I kind of wish I did, though. I had a really rubbish um, substitute science teacher, and I wish I didn't have her because I definitely think I would have been a nurse or I'd have gone into healthcare, definitely. Mm. Okay. Um, So I've just found mine as well, and it says that people with my personality type 
gravita- gravitate towards careers with um, an altruistic bent, such as social work, teaching, counselling, coaching, healthcare, or public interest law. That is so funny. We got like three of the same ones. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's odd because I looked into possibly counselling um when when I was like going through my oh I can't do medicine I looked into potentially counseling and then I was like hang on a minute if one of my weaknesses of my personality type is I take on everyone's problems I couldn't be a counselor because I would literally just take on every single one's problems and I'd be like an emotional mess I think you get um, training for it though I asked one of um because I've had like three or four therapists and I asked one of them recently how she got into it and she said that she she suffered from mental health her entire her entire childhood life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when she got into it, she had to go through like a year of training. And then she said she has her own therapist to stop her from doing that. Oh, okay, that's good. And then healthcare, obviously, that was um something that I've like looked into, like just the medical sector. And then I don't know why, but everyone tells me to go into law. <laughs> And I, I think it's probably because I'm just good at arguing. But then there's so much you have to learn with law. Like, there's so many books. You literally just have to, like, bulk memorise sections. And I couldn't I couldn't put myself through that. Like, I am so, I have such a bad, like, memory. Like, I have the memory of a goldfish, definitely. So I don't think I could do law. But people are like, you're good at arguing. We think you'd make a good lawyer. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> is that a compliment or is it... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, do criticism. I take that? As, do I take that as a compliment, or is that like constructive criticism? Then? Yeah, with law, like seeing the people at uni that I know that did law, there is so much work that goes into it. I think you have to be passionate about it. Mm. Like the two of my two of my really close friends do law, and you can tell that they're passionate about knowing knowing the law. If I did it, I I would have lost interest within the first semester. I'd have yeah. definitely dropped out. I, I definitely think, like, I'm interested in, like, cer- certain parts of, like, law and stuff like that. I, criminal law, like, sure, that's interesting. But, like, property law? No. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to have to learn about that. Yeah, no. When I when I bought my house, it was so boring and tedious. <laughs> and Because it's such a big purchase as well. You have to read through the... You have to read through all of the documents... And I was messaging my friends, what does this mean? And what does this mean? And what does this mean? Because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I wish lawyers would just write in simple English. Like normal normal people speak, yeah. Um, okay, so mine says that apparently I want to fall in love with the content of a person's character and not just the way they look across from the room. I can agree with that, definitely. Like, to be honest, I feel like, at first it would be attraction but then after that like I definitely just want to get to know like a person like if our personalities get along then it's a hundred percent like you click then definitely like you should go for it make it work Mm. and people with my personality type are eager to prove their commitment taking the time and effort to establish themselves as dependable trustworthy partners oh I feel like these are very accurate for me (laughs) meanwhile you with your hopeless romantic not feeling accurate right now but no to be fair their reasoning was accurate Mm -hmm. um on mine it says that they may have spent years daydreaming about the perfect relationship which is true 
thanks Disney for setting your expectations. <laughs> setting so my high. expectations to be so high. Um yes. and Bollywood too. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's definitely accurate. Mine's gonna say that I'm too emotionally invested. <laughs> <laughs> Joan, you know what to be honest, I feel like that's one of my qualities as well. So <laughs> this is so funny. It says hopeless romantic, <gasps> which is so funny because I'm the least cheesy person. That's me. <laughs> that's definitely me. That is definitely you. hundred percent. Although their their reasoning is definitely true for me, that things like social class or what materialistic possession someone has doesn't bother me, which is true. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a definitely a good thing to have. Like you're not bothered about sort of any of that materialistic stuff. Yeah, definitely. You're more invested in like the person and like what they're kind of like. Um, okay. Um, do we look at so what else have you have you got parenthood and then workplace habits? Mm-hmm. Um what? I wonder if mine says taking too long when on break. <laughs> taking too long when bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mine says that I don't micromanage as a manager, which is accurate. Um, I hate telling people what to do or telling them exactly how to do something, which is so true. Like, I, I had to train someone recently and I gave him, like, all the info. And then I was kind of like, okay, let me know if you've got any issues. And he was like, I've got a million questions. <laughs> like, how do you want me to do it? And when do you want me to do it? And I was like, just do it on your own time. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. As long as it's being done. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the hard thing about that is that I've recently become a manager and I think the hard thing is knowing that some people do need to be micromanaged a little bit. Um, so this like one employee kept asking me um, questions and like basically wanted me to tell him what to do every day. And that's just not not something that I'm comfortable with. Um, but like we, we've kind of we've kind of built a good relationship now in that I can say like I can email him in the morning and say this needs to be done today and you need to do it like this this and this yeah um but it's hard to do because I feel like it's really rude and I hate being micromanaged I hate being told what to do so mm-hmm. I just this definitely being hard to work with yeah it must it must feel odd for you and I get what you mean like some people need that I feel like sometimes when when you have new people starting off at work like especially at my workplace they 100% need that it's like right so you're going to take this from the green tray and put it on the shelf <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're going to put it on the shelf exactly in this place like you literally have to tell them and micromanage them like that but like after a while like once they get the hang of it then I feel like it's not too bad but I'm like because I think of because of my personality type I would rather micromanage someone and then apologize and be like I don't mean to seem rude I'd just rather this job get done right and get it done right first time mm. than, like, waste time. Um, but, yeah, that's probably my personality and then, obviously, like, yours coming through there. I wonder if in future, like, it, as as a manager, reading something like this would make me double think. And maybe if I was, like, a because at the moment I'm, like, the middle manager. But mm. I think if I was the manager, I would make all of my employees do this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would tell me whether they need to be managed or not um but yeah I think like I've definitely have managed in the past who have used one management style on all employees and it just does not work it's just yeah ha- I think you have to deal with people differently um but I've got it quite easy a lot of my staff have been there for years and years and years so I don't really have to do much managing mm-hmm. 
and I feel like I feel like that's the case with teaching as well like I wish teachers had like a different approach for different students like we had this one teacher and I really 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 did not get on with her um and everybody knows like my friends who are listening to this will know who I'm on about right now I'm not going to name names but they know who she is and um like I never understood the way she taught me at all and um whenever you asked her for help she would then go and explain it the exact same way again and I'm like I didn't understand it first time around like you explaining it to me again the same way isn't gonna like make me understand it any much more which is why like I am so thankful for my best friend Charlotte who literally taught me like that entire subject because if I didn't understand something she would try and explain it to me in a different way and if I didn't understand that again she would try another way she would always try and explain it to me in a different kind of way um and I feel like that's what you need in a manager in a teacher in anyone in like a leadership position they need to be able to like adapt it for different people and like how they learn best Charlotte needed a cut of your teacher's wage she did (laughs) even even in the yearbook it literally in my yearbook we literally just got a yearbook um a few weeks ago and I put as my favorite teacher I was like Charlotte Broxup she taught me more in two years (laughs) that's so funny and so petty (laughs) should we look at workplace habits first yeah um this is so accurate for me the first line is people with this personality type crave alone time but they're also vulnerable to loneliness which is so me I never make plans and then when I don't have plans I complain Mm -hmm. um that I hesitate to draw attention to myself which is true but I also don't want to be invisible (laughs) I am my own worst enemy that is what I'm learning (laughs) oh it's funny how accurate like some of these are Mm -hmm. um so with mine it says that um connecting with other people with like the same personality as me or just other people in general um makes me feel alive and purposeful um it says that I put sincere and dedicated effort into staying close with their friends Mm -hmm. and I definitely think this is very true but also I feel like this one annoys me a lot because um I always put so much time and effort into like making plans with people like I'm always like hey are you doing anything like let's do this let's do that and now I'm realizing like oh okay so not everyone has the same personality as me which is why they don't make as much of an effort but I always feel like sometimes I feel like it's very one-sided like I'm always the one making effort with like like old friends from like primary school like if I want to meet up with people it's always me messaging them being like hey do you want to catch up and never anyone else reaching out to me but now I've done this test maybe it's because they all don't have I guess as much of an extroverted personality as I do yeah like on that I never I've only just recently started to reach out to people to make to make plans and it has been it has been strange because I haven't really done it that much. I've always relied on the other people because I'm friends with a lot of extroverts. I've always relied on them asking me. Yeah. And it's been weird that I've asked people to do things and they've been like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's honestly been a lot of changing. Um, but yeah, some people just don't. I, I think I feel very anxious reaching out to anyone or making any plans. Mm-hmm. I'm always scared that everyone will already have plans. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Well, I guess that that's good for like someone like me to know. Like maybe that's why people aren't reaching out to me because they're worried like I'm busy. Um, but I think this is like my social life has been this is the most active it has been in years because I feel like I have plans nearly every day. I'm like, sorry, can't do that day. I can do this day, but like not this day. That um that summer between college and uni is elite. It is such a good gap. Like we are going to a music festival as well. In that that class is as part of this summer. And I've already been away from home twice already. (laughs) Oh yeah. This summer. Like nothing's gonna be able to top this. It's gonna be so hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had much more of a social life since I got my house. Because I think I'm closer to my friends, so it's more of an impulse plan. It's yeah. not. I think before it was a bit of a chore for me to see my friends. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, hey, do you want to do this? And do you know what? I love those kind of plans, like spon- spontaneous, spontaneous, spontaneous plans. <laughs> <laughs> I really struggle. I was really struggling now, <laughs> and I feel like that's that's one thing I actually need to work on, like being a bit more spontaneous, like. Because my friendship group's so big, like, there's 11 of us. I feel like, like, plans like that don't come... We can't do that, like, anything spontaneously. Because it just takes so much organising. I think it's lucky to have that group, though. Because I... My group is very small, but this is very, very um, common for introverts anyway. Mm -hmm. But I don't have, like, a circle of friends. I have individual friends. But it means that... They're always busy. So, like, bank holidays, for example, my friends always have plans with either their partners or their family or their other group of friends. Yeah. It's not like a, it's not like a, a weekend where you do one-to-one. But this year, I'm, I've definitely been a lot better. I've definitely made plans. Mm-hmm. That is very, very good. Oh, should we have a look at what romantic relationships say? Ha- could I afford a whole teacher's wage? I would give her a whole teacher's wage right now. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teachers have too much control over student size. Like the the um the science teacher that I had, one of my uncles had passed away, and even though we weren't that close, I feel like when you're a teenager, that's a hard thing to to kind Both of process. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had he had had cancer, and yeah, in one of her science lessons, she was a sub as well. And in one of her science lessons, I had had a bit of a meltdown, and I like I couldn't stop myself. I know I know I was emotional, and I had just started crying. And she literally said, "If you're gonna cry, then just leave." And so I left the class, and then she said to whoever her manager was, like the head of science department or whatever, that I couldn't do separate sciences. And I properly wish I'd have fought back because I would have managed separate sciences. Oh um, my god, I hate teachers like that. So for any you guys can't see my face reaction when Nisha <laughs> said that, but I was gobsmacked. My mouth was wide open, like shocked. She said that to you, like if you're gonna cry, just leave. That's so <laughs> rude. And you know what? That's one thing. Like I've got a letter waiting to go. I'm gonna send it to my school after results day because I don't want to screw myself over and had bad results. But just teachers and thinking that they can speak to students like that like obviously it's their job but like treat students like they're human beings with a bit of respect and again like um at our school you had to be in set three in order to be able to do triple science um and if you weren't then you had to do combined but there were so many students that wanted to do separate and I feel like they would have done better at separate 
because I hated physics, but I loved biology and chemistry. Had I done combined, physics would have brought my grade of the other two down. Whereas mm. I did separate, I didn't have to worry about that. Like I got, I think it was a C in physics. And I was like, thank God I got a C, whereas I got an A in the other two. And I was like, had that have been combined, it wouldn't have been great. Yeah, I fully wish I had sent a letter of complaint about my business teacher because she screwed us over well and proper. Mm. Um, but yeah, just teachers have too much control over the kids' lives. It's not. Well, I think if they're if maybe you're right. Maybe maybe like we should say things when they're happening because I didn't say anything about her. Um, yeah. Maybe I should have. And I think this is where again my personality is coming out like I've had this letter drafted for months like for <laughs> months and months and my friends are like can't send it you can't send it you can't send it like if they lower your grade just because you sent a letter like don't do yourself dirty like that so as soon as I have my results then I'm gonna hit send to be fair I don't think they can lower your grade but um I'd say it is worth waiting until you've got your grade because then you can include a little paragraph about what grade you got and why you think you got the grade. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and I just feel like more support from that department, that teacher in particular would have done better. Like I, I, I said to my counsellor, like some of the things that she said to us as a class or like she said, and even my counsellor was like, that's not right. She can't say that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is an external person separate from the school saying this. And even she didn't think it was right. If you're a teacher... I don't know if there are any teachers that are listening to this. I know one of my friends is, but she's a primary school teacher. But if you're a teacher, especially secondary school, and you are forgetting the fact that when you're a teenager, your emotions are all over the place, then you should not be a teacher. Because mm. there's so many things going on when you're a teenager in your head and in your, in your body that you just can't explain. Like, I was so emotional at that time. And I just like could not deal with everything just seemed like it was the end of the world and that's exactly what it's like being a teenager and I just think the teachers had completely forgotten that that's what it was like I thought you have to remember Mm -hmm. I feel like they're like they just expect us to be like eat sleep school repeat that's literally it like they don't realize we have a social life like we actually need time for ourselves yeah Um, it's not even that but I think the smallest thing can seem huge yeah like it can like things that I got upset about when I was in school, I can't even remember now. And if it happened now, I think I'd just brush it off. But when you were teen, you're still kind of going through new experiences. And I think, yeah, I think school was not a good time. Mm, everything's definitely heightened as a teenager, 100%. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just went on a little bit of a tangent there <laughs> <laughs> from our personality traits. Um, but as me, as a one of my workplace habits, it definitely said that um, I like to sort of impress um, managers, like management, and also like always set a good impression. Like, I don't want people to ever think sort of badly of me. I'm always like, okay, like I have to do this perfectly. So it looks good. Um, But also that any like role of seniority, I could thrive in. So that's nice to know, like maybe I could be a good manager, hopefully. (laughs) I think I like, you'd be a good manager. I like to think with all my experiences, like bad experiences with teachers, I would be like an approachable manager. Like people would want to come to me and sort of like, they'd find me approachable. 
So, okay, something to think about when I am looking for a job after uni. I was laughing at that first part that you said because you said that you want to look good for your managers and I am late every single time I go to work. (laughs) I have always been late. I've always been late back to lunch. But my managers have always, to be fair, valued the fact that I put the work in. Mm -hmm. I think if you show that you are going to do what you need to do, you kind of get away with a bit more. Like, I got away with wearing jeans for so long <laughs> before they said, look, you can't wear those because we can't let everyone wear them. Mm, and yeah. even then, if they were like, if it was just you, we would let you wear them because we know that you put the work in. Yeah, like, you're a hard worker, so we'll, we'll let the jeans go. But they were like, it's just that the senior managers are complaining. I think, was that everything? Or we're going to look at parenthood quickly. Yeah, shall I be managed? Yeah, go for it. Um... This is going to be fun. <laughs> um, so for my personality type, life is a journey. Off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, but these personalities feel called to help other people embark on their own journey towards meaning, fulfillment and happiness. So mm-hmm. I love guiding others to learn and grow. And that can be, so parenthood can be an, a rewarding opportunity. Um, warm, caring and open-minded. Um. And that, yeah, this is so true. I've always said that my kids will be volunteering one day a week when they're younger. Oh, like, that's cute. I will, I will put them in sports or music or whatever they want, but also one day is going to volunteer in. And this says um, they want to give their children freedom to form their own opinions, discover their own interests, but more that they want their kids to have the same morals. Mm-hmm. Accurate. Yeah, that is very good. Um, for me, um, I said that, mine said that, um, parents with this personality trait, um, would like their children to be able to speak their minds and also be themselves. The greatest reward is watching their children blossom into unique personalities, um, which I think is definitely, like, very true. Like, I I don't care if my child, like, doesn't agree with anything I say, like, as long as, like, they have formed that opinion on their own like sure like I'm fine with that I want them to be able to grow up and realize all those things themselves um they see it as their loving duty to help their child realize their unique potential and also that they pride themselves on being able to see what their child can bring into their work into the world so like skills and things like that like realizing what sort of um what is the word um what they can do in society like impact that they can have on society mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I love seeing um I don't know if you've noticed but every time you watch a famous person interview like whether they're a singer or a guitarist or an actor like their parents have always kind of not pushed them into it but encouraged it from a really young age um, and I think that would be, I think it'd be cool to see a little person just get better at, like, watching them. I, I don't know what it was like for my parents, but I used to play violin and it used to be so scratchy. Yeah. It must, they, their ears must have been bleeding, and my brother as well. Um, but I think it would be cool to see them get better at stuff. Definitely, yeah. Like, watching someone go from, like, learning chords to be able, being able to play, like, a flat-out, like, song on the guitar or something. Must be so cool. 
But if my kids ever come home with a violin, I'm getting noise cancelling headphones because I know how awful it sounds. <laughs> I agree. I also played the violin and it was also awful, which is why I gave it up. I really, really want to start again. Um, but I want to do like, like Gonatic Indian violin. Oh, okay, yeah. Plus, be- like, I don't know about you, but the worst thing about violin for me was that you had to stand and your posture had to be right, otherwise everything would hurt. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. And the chin rest was so uncomfortable as well. But with Indian violin, you play it on the floor. And I was the first time I did it, I was like, why did my teacher never tell me that playing on the floor was an option? Because it's so much more comfortable. You play on the floor? Like, how do you play? Like, you sat down, just like normally? Yeah, so the, the, um, the neck of the violin is on the floor. Um, so it's just kind of resting on you. Yeah. You don't have to... It's not uncomfortable. And that was the worst thing about violin. I hated playing because it was so uncomfortable. My back would be hurting. And yeah, and your wrist and, and stuff, just like the way you're holding it. Yeah, definitely. I never held my violin right. Like, my teacher would always be like... She'd say, imagine there's a hedgehog in between, like, your wrist and the violin. <laughs> she was like, you have crushed that hedgehog. And I was like, well, good job. It's not a spiky hedgehog. Because <laughs> I would have been in pain. Yeah, mine used to make me do use a pencil to keep my hand in the right position and an elastic band. Mm-hmm. But I had to do that all the time, not just when I was playing, to get my hand in the right position. And oh, I've, oh, never, God. I've never wanted to give up violin so much as that week. This is bringing back, like, yeah, like really bad flashbacks of playing <laughs> the violin. I don't want to picture it again. Yeah, which is which is fair. So that's the end of today's episode. Subscribe to hear us talk more about all things casual and all things not so casual. In the meantime, you can find us and contact us on Instagram using the handle at Evolving Indians, where we'll be most active. To keep up with our personal lives, you can find Aarti at... At artimira.patel. And to keep up with my mostly South Asian book reviews, mine is at blogs underscore by underscore niche. Uh, Hope to see you and speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.